Good morning everyone and welcome to St Anne's Midweek Reflection. I'm going to ask you another question this week. What is your most valuable possession? Out of everything you have, what is worth the most to you? What is it that you would hate to lose? It might be a collector's item, maybe something quite rare, maybe some jewellery, or maybe an heirloom that has been passed down from your parents and grandparents. Maybe something that someone has given you. It might have a huge sentimental value, something very special from someone very special. Or maybe it's something you worked very hard for. Maybe you saved up all your money because it was quite expensive to buy it and it's very precious to you now. Well, one of the things that I own that's worth a lot to me is actually a painting. It's a painting by my grandfather. He was a missionary in Africa during the middle of last century. He was partnering with the church in Malawi and working alongside African ministers there. And he loved to paint watercolours. And one of his paintings is a beautiful African sunset. The painting used to hang in his study beside another painting of a sunrise across Lake Malawi. And I now own the sunset. It's been passed on to me and it reminds me of my grandfather. And as you can imagine, it's very, very valuable to me. Well, today's Bible passage also talks of valuable things. It's a very short passage, only three verses long, but it contains two parables. You see, Jesus was a master storyteller. He was able to tell amazingly deep and amazingly effective stories in only a few words. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. Jesus says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Okay, so Jesus's first parable is so short, only one verse in length, that he basically repeats himself in the next two verses. You see, in both of them, people discover something valuable. The first, this farmer discovers treasure almost by accident. The second, this merchant discovers this pearl after hunting. So the first man, he discovers treasure in a field. Now these were days before metal detectors and how he discovered the treasure we're not sure. Uh, I've actually got with me a book um, from my childhood, a gift from my first church, St John's Church Stonyford. And in this book Jesus's two sentences are turned into 11 pages with pictures. And in it the man, he's a farmer, he's ploughing a field for someone and then his plough hits something hard. So he starts to dig, but instead of a large rock, it's actually a huge treasure chest. You can see him here, kind of sitting there holding his mouth going, gosh, wow. Now, of course, this man, this farmer doesn't own it because it's not his field. So what does he do? Well, he sells everything he owns. He even sells his new car, which looks suspiciously like a Volkswagen Beetle. And everyone thinks he's mad, especially when he's dancing around with the title deed. But the farmer knows something that no one else does. There's treasure 
in that field and he now owns it. So he wastes no time in digging. He digs up the treasure chest, hauls it onto his tractor's trailer, and now he's rich beyond all imagination. You see, the farmer sold all he had, and he did it so he could drink, gain treasure beyond measure. He knew something no one else did. None of his possessions came close to the value of his treasure. It was an easy choice for him. In fact, he would think that he gave up so little to gain so much more. That's the farmer. Now, the second story of Jesus is a pearl merchant. And sadly, I don't have a book, a Sunday school book with pearl merchants on it. I guess it doesn't really end up on the bestseller lists in church Sunday school bookshops. But it's basically the same idea, isn't it? There's a pearl merchant. And unlike the farmer, he's hunting. He doesn't discover it back, but he's hunting for pearls. And then he comes across one of great value. So what does he do? Well, like the farmer, he sells everything so that he can buy it. Two characters. One stumbles across the treasure, the other is hunting for it. But when they discover it, they sell everything they own, all of it. And they do it so they can own it. So what is Jesus on about? Well, it's easy. In verse 44, Jesus says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. You see, God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure, like a pearl of great value. Some people discover God's heavenly kingdom almost by accident, and others discover it after a lot of searching. But when people do discover it, they're ready to give up everything for it. Everything in verse 46 and all they have in verse 44. So why does Jesus tell us this? Well, Jesus wants us to know that his kingdom is worth giving up everything for. He's worth giving up our belongings for because his kingdom is better. Jesus is worth giving up our home, even our jobs for because his kingdom is far, far better. Well, you know that thing, that valuable thing I was getting you to think about earlier? Well, Jesus is even worth giving up that for as well, because his kingdom is infinitely better than even the most valuable thing we own and have. In my time, I've met some people who have chosen to give up everything for God's kingdom. And I'm not talking about monks or nuns, I'm talking about ordinary people who didn't want to give up everything, but when the choice was presented to them, they chose Jesus over their belongings, over their homes and their jobs, and even over contact with their family. I met these people when I was a curate at a church in Toxteth. These otherwise ordinary people used to live in Iran in the Middle East. And through one way or another, they heard the good news about Jesus from their friends or people that they worked with. And they discovered that there was something about it, something amazing, something worthwhile. So they joined in weekly meetings in one of the secret underground churches. And actually, these friends of mine, actually, they were the lucky ones. You see, they weren't at these meetings the day that the secret police raided them. Instead, they found out that the secret police had raided their churches and they had a few hours to get to gather some of their belongings, 
to get them together and to flee through Greece and Turkey, through the jungle in Calais, and eventually making it to England and asking for asylum. You see, these people had well-paid jobs and loving families. They didn't want to leave Iran. They didn't want to leave their life there with the people that they loved. But they knew that God's kingdom is worth more. Even being mistreated by smugglers, even suffering the suspicion of Christians in England. See, even though some of them had only been Christians for a few weeks or even a few days, they knew their treasure. They knew this pearl of great price. They continued to meet in fear of being discovered because Jesus is worth selling everything we have for. Now, thankfully, many of us here in England are not called to make such a choice as our Iranian brothers and sisters have had to meet, make. But there's another person I'd like to tell you about, someone I haven't met, a gentleman called Jim Elliott. His wife has written two books about his life. I've got them here. One is called Through Gates of Splendour and the other is called The Shadow of the Almighty. Jim, in these books and by other people, has been described as an earthly man, in many ways just like us, but an earthly man with a heavenly mind. You see, Jim was a missionary, and after much prayer and preparation, he and a few other missionaries attempted to reach the Orca Indians in the jungles of Ecuador. And over many months of preparation, they initiated contact with these indigenous people, They tried to learn the language and then they started to approach them. And the day came to approach them in person. A small aeroplane dropped them off on a beach of a river and then it took off again and they walked up to the village, to the dwelling. But Jim and his colleagues were killed by these Indians, the very people that they were trying to reach with the love of God. And of course, that raises a question, doesn't it? Was it a hugely unfortunate mistake? If Jim had known, would he have changed his mind? Well, I don't think he would. You see, Jim wrote these words in his diary a while before he was killed. He said this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. You see, I think Jim would have chosen to go ahead with meeting the Orca Indians, even if he had known what would happen to him. You see, Jim knew God wanted these men and women to meet Jesus. He knew that people needed to make contact with them so that their language could be learnt, so that the gospel could be told in their language and so that these people could come to know Jesus. And sure enough, what Jim prayed about, God did. You see, a few years later, Jim's wife, Elizabeth, was one of the people who told them about Jesus. Imagine that. This man's widow. She forgave the people who killed her husband. And she didn't just forgive them. She wanted to know them, get to know them, so she could share the love of God in Christ Jesus with them. You see, both Jim and his wife, Elizabeth, well, they knew this treasure hidden in the field, this pearl of great price. And they were willing to give up their life, their belongings, even their bitter feelings to serve God's kingdom so that more people could know it as well. See, Jim was no fool. 
Like that farmer, like that pearl merchant, like my Iranian friends, they knew God's kingdom was worth far greater value than anything we think is valuable in this world. So I want to encourage you this morning that if you're feeling unsure about your faith, if you're feeling a bit wobbly, well, I want to encourage you that God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, having Jesus as your king is worth it. Jesus is worthy. So keep going. And if you think, well, I don't really know what all the fuss is about. If you think Christians, well, maybe they're a bit mad. Maybe they're a bit over the top. If you think my Iranian friends or Jim Elliot, well, they were just a bit foolish, a bit silly, a bit mad. Well, then I don't think you know how amazing, how precious, how priceless God's kingdom is. I think you're more like that pearl merchant who's still scrabbling around with other pearls that aren't that worthwhile. You see, if God's kingdom doesn't seem like treasure to you, well, then you haven't discovered it yet. You don't understand how wonderful it is. So I want to encourage you, don't give up until you know Jesus and his kingdom. Keep searching like that merchant until you find it. And when you find it, when you see that God's kingdom is worth giving up everything for, well, then you'll know that you've really found it. You see, as Jim Elliot said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. God's kingdom is worth infinitely more and it will last forever. So let's pray and thank Jesus for this wonderful kingdom that we can be part of. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so much that your kingdom is indeed like treasure hidden in the field, like it is like a pearl of great price. And Father, we know that some of us stumble upon it and some of us find it after searching. Father, please would you encourage us with knowing just how worthwhile your kingdom is, how precious it is, how priceless it is. Please, would you deepen our faith? Would you open our eyes to see how wonderful it is? And Lord, if we're not sure yet, if we don't think we know what all this fuss is about, well, then would you show us that actually we don't really understand Christianity. We don't know who Jesus is and what he's done fully. So please, would you open our eyes? Please, would you help us to keep searching until we find that pearl of great price, would you open our eyes and our mind to that? And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would do this because we know that you are worthy of doing this because you love us and you want your kingdom to grow. So please do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's the end of our reflection for this week. Um, just to remind you, on Sunday, we're able to meet again in St. Anne's Church building. I know not everyone is able to meet and not everyone feels comfortable meeting yet. So uh, we will also be live streaming our services on YouTube and Facebook. And they'll be available to watch. If you can't watch them at the time, they'll be available to watch on our website, stannesegbirth.com. Now, from this week, uh, we're going to be just um, having two services. Our traditional service at nine o'clock and our contemporary service at 10.30. 
Uh, if you've tried to book into the midday service, you'll have re received an email um, letting you know to rebook. Uh, we've also increased the number of seats available at both those services. We've discovered that we can fit in about 10 people more with still having um, all of the two meter um, safe um, distance. Um, if you're not able to make it to church, um, please cancel your booking. There have been a few empty seats the past two weeks and it would be lovely to fill them with people who want to come so they don't have to just watch online. So please do um, cancel them. There'll be a link on the email that you received when you booked uh, in. Otherwise, it'll be lovely to see you on Sunday if you can make it. So take care. See you on Sunday. See you next week. God bless. Bye bye.